Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. What's up, guys? Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 66. As always, thank you for joining. Uh, we are excited because today we have a little bit of a different guest, someone that's not uh, entrenched in the hobby each and every day, a gentleman named Scott Green who owns, who founded, who runs a site called Prospects 1500. Go to prospects1500.com to check them out. They are all about, as you probably could guess, prospects. And usually in the baseball, actually 100% on the baseball side, he uh, manages different correspondents who who write and, and evaluate and check out all 30 of the major league clubs minor league system so they they understand minor league prospects they put out a top 50 for every team every single year they do a mid-season top 50 they do it all they've done it for almost four years now and uh they've got some great analysis and i'm excited because today as you know at breaker culture we we spend a lot of time digging into analytics we try to find ways to help you get an edge and the way you spend money in sports cars the way you spend money investing in players and today you get to enter the mind of someone who runs a prospecting site. And so you can apply that, obviously, to sports cards and figure out maybe where there's some opportunities with your Bowman collecting, your tops collecting. There's even some players we talk about. We do a top five at the end. Actually, not even at the end, towards the middle. We just we bring up different players throughout the conversation and, and kind of understand what goes into the mind of an, analyzing a player like that and uh, if it translates into card value. So a lot of good takeaways. We also... For those that run businesses, we talk a little bit about how he's managed his site, some lessons he learned recently from SEO and how to, to optimize his search engine results. We talk a little bit about social media as well. So a lot of good takeaways. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Scott's a, it's a great guy. I'm looking forward to more collaborations in the future with him and what they do at Prospects 1500. So enjoy the conversation. Go leave us a review at iTunes. Uh, on iTunes. And, and as always, if you have any feedback, please hit us up at Breaker Culture. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Enjoy the conversation. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing well, Ty. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for making some time on a Sunday night. I think we both had a little uh, youth baseball adventure today. You were at the cages, Absolutely. right? Yeah, and you know it's getting up here in Massachusetts. We're getting close to the end of the baseball window as fall approaches. Uh, there's a little bit of fall ball, but come uh, come the end of October, it, it'll be over. So we only got another couple months here. Oh, got it. D- does it really shut down, or do you guys? Are, you guys have a pretty intense kind of yeah, winter and, and, trainings. And this, in this neck of the woods, we've got a fall program that goes, you know, basically our school starting later this week. Okay. And it'll start in September and go till the second or third week in October. And that's, that's it. Anything in the winter will be indoor clinics, that sort of thing. We just can't be outside with the, the temps and the snow and what have you with mother nature yeah i get it we we get a little bit of that but nowhere near what you guys get 
Um, we it's funny here in Kansas City, youth baseball sports in general for youth is pretty popular in Kansas City, but uh, youth baseball the last five years has really exploded, and you're starting to see like indoor facilities basically every five miles. It's insane, and all of them are surviving. It's just blowing my mind. But that's a uh, that's a good thing. That's crazy. Yeah, it is a good thing. Yeah, um, I, I noticed yesterday, oddly enough, on ESPN, an article came out. Um, some statistics from the Aspen Institute, this this group that does a bunch of stuff for Little League and youth baseball. For the first time in like the last decade, they've had an increase of participation across every level of income for youth baseball. Isn't that crazy? That's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in Western Massachusetts and in our town specifically, we've lost a lot of baseball players in the last five to 10 years to uh, lacrosse and uh, even soccer. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's not like what it was when I was growing up, you know, a long time ago. I'm talking, I was growing up, you know, 35, 40 years ago. But um, we have, it seems mm-hmm. like we're losing baseball players, but we have two youth baseball leagues right in my hometown, which is a whole issue in itself. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's good to hear that you know, across the board, youth baseball numbers are up. Yeah, well, the theory was that so many people are flooding out of football that they're just kind of inadvertently going into youth youth baseball. Okay. And apparently more of the affluent folks kind of tend to put their, their kids into to youth baseball, spend yeah. the, the money the, there, which makes sense. That That's the other sport I just – I forgot about for a second there. In, my, in our town here, it's lacrosse and it's football – and, and they rule the world here, <laughs> but you know we still have our our fingers into the baseball with my uh, two boys. Awesome. All right. Well, man, I I am excited to talk to you because you you run a pretty fascinating site called Prospects Fifteen Hundred. Um, as you know, with Breaker Culture, we're all into the analytics, and especially in the baseball world, where analytics really do they factor into the values of cards, right? You, you know that. Absolutely. Yes. Give us the lowdown of what you do at Prospects 1500, and then we can start diving into some fun stuff about what you guys do. Yeah. So I can't live off and retire on Prospects 1500. <laughs> I'll I'll throw a yet in there right now because maybe a few years from now we'll see what happens. But in the in real life, I actually am an account manager, a sales guy for uh, Reminder Publishing, which is a local company out here in Western Massachusetts and we have some newspapers and some magazines. So that's what I do, uh, you know, every day from eight 30 to, to five or, or so. Mm-hmm. But, um, I started prospects 1500 a few years ago. It launched in, uh, December of 2016 and January of 2017. The very next month is when we dropped our first, uh, group of top 50 prospects for every team. And we basically have been rocking and rolling since then. I, mm. wish, I, you know, one of the questions I think you wanted to ask me was, um, what would you have done differently? And I think that I would have loved to have started Prospects 1500 two or three years earlier. Um, I had an idea, and I was doing some minor league prospect, you know, blogs and writing for another site. And I had this idea two or three years before I started it. Um, but just, it didn't go anywhere until my partner, Brian and I 
said, you know what, instead of doing a blog, let's actually register this domain and start a website and let's see where it goes from there. And it's gone pretty well. That's awesome. So you, your first release in January 2017, you put out top 50 for all 30 teams. We did. My goal was to drop a different team's top 50 prospects every day of the month of January. That was the goal. And to do that, the quote-unquote business plan, because it's not really a business at the time, um, was to have a different representative, correspondent, if you will, for each organization. And each of them would be responsible for writing up, you know, making their list and then writing it up. Not all with the same exact format, but some did longer player blurbs, some had more statistics, uh, some dropped tweets in, some had photos. So they're all a little bit different in format, but all the same idea. And that first year, if I think back to it, we might have missed one day, but then I might have made up for it and, 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 and dropped two of them the next day. In, in, and then one or two of the reps didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So <laughs> I might have had to write an extra one. But in the end, we did have them all launch by January 31st. We had 30 different top 50 prospects. Now I've learned a little bit since then. So when we do those every January, mm-hmm. by mid-December, all of my representatives have a due date. You know, when theirs is due in January. Hmm. And it's usually like two days before I want to publish it. Right. It gives me time to proof it and look through and ask them if you know questions if we need to move some guys around in the rankings. But so it's it's going pretty well. Right now, from mid July to like literally right now in the mm-hmm. next week or so, we're finishing up our mid season top fifty lists for every team. And I, no one had due dates. They kind of submitted them when they could. I'm really flexible with my staff. And uh, we've only got four more to go. Uh, within That's the next awesome. Season, so they'll be done. That is cool. Uh, as a data guy, my mind's going crazy right now. I have, I have so many questions about this. Uh, so I guess, wh- why did you do? Why did you get into this to begin with? What, were you just were you going to minor league games and so fascinated by the prospect, the prospect craze, or not at what? the time? Okay. Uh, uh, to be honest. I'm a dynasty league junkie. Or I, was. <laughs> nice. I was because wow. that's really where the idea came from. I was getting into these dynasty leagues that had not just 10 prospects on your farm system, but mm-hmm. some had 30, 50, even more than that. So I wanted to build something that people could go to if they were in these deep dynasty leagues and, mm-hmm. oh, wow, here are a couple players that I don't think anyone else knows about. And I can grab them, you know, thanks to, you know, Scott Green or whatever his site it was or Mm -hmm. whether it's a blog or a website. And so I created it with the idea that this was going to be a Dynasty League resource. Um, It's so ironic. And this is probably one of the first platforms where I'm saying this. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of getting tired of all my leagues and I want to spend more time on my website and not not really retire from my leagues, but whittle it down to like one or two that I can focus on um, because it's just too much for me. (laughs) And I think there's a lot more growth in Prospects 1500 and what we're doing. Um, So 
it's kind of, I don't know that it's hypocritical of me to say that this is a dynasty league resource and I should, I should be, you know, in as many leagues as I can, but you know what? I'm in the great, uh, fantasy baseball invitational and my team sucks and I can't put enough time into it. And I'm like, I can't do it again. I want to focus on this and not that. So I don't know. In a roundabout way, if that answers the question. No, that's 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 funny because uh, I I didn't even know, and I dug through your site quite a bit. I didn't realize it was a dynasty league resource, and, and I guess I'm looking through it through the lens of a sports card collector, and I'm thinking, sure. man, what a great resource because it just gives you one more thing to kind of triangulate everything you're doing with your money and collecting and investing. Um, and and we are going to mm-hmm. start to add some sports card baseball well it's going to be baseball card uh content components yeah in in the near future uh, it's not something that we've really had uh, on the site though if you do look back at my um is it my my 2018 boston red sox top 50 prospects <laughs> i actually put a picture of a card uh, of each player next to their player blurb and i had fun doing that uh, and they were pictures of cards that I own. They're oh, that's cool. I pulled off the internet. That's very cool. Yeah, we'll get. I definitely want to get into your collecting background too, because I, th- I think you you are a collector and you're, you're doing some fun stuff too with breaking. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But so when you started, then what what were you doing to really get your analysis and, and come up with your top fifty? Were you was it a lot of going to games, and, or was it a lot of just breaking down statistics off of sites? What was kind of your? Or were you just trusting correspondents and letting them do their thing? I think it's probably the last thing that you said right there. Oh, okay. Trusting correspondence. So each of my writers, they're doing it for the love of doing it um, at this juncture right now. And, and, you know, same as it was two and a half years ago, uh, almost three years ago. I have people that live around the country, even some in Canada. Um, Some live near minor league ballparks. Some don't. Uh, Some are living in the area near where their major league club is based and they're a fan. Some aren't. I might have uh, a guy who lives in Florida who's writing about the giants. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and he doesn't see any major league games and there aren't really any giants, minor leaguers in Florida ever Mm -hmm. uh, because they're out in Arizona or, and they're, and they're, you know, in the Pacific Northwest or what have you. So, um, although there is a team, their Richmond double A team, um, come is in the Eastern league. So I get to see them once in a while, but, uh, I digress. Um, <laughs> so I was really, you know, giving the people that wanted to write for the site, have a voice on the internet. And I was able to, um, promote and expand their social network mm-hmm. And get their, you know, get their name and their handle out there. You know, our, our, we right now we have about fifty, six hundred followers on Twitter, and mm-hmm. you know, it's that's not a huge amount, but maybe two years ago I had half that, if that. So, so we're growing, um, and I trust them, and I give them the leeway to make their lists. I, I don't want them to just kind of willy nilly it. You know, look at some other resources, look at some other site rankings. Um, look at some video. If you're at the games, great. Cause you've got your own notes and your own, um, uh, experience and mm-hmm. seeing what these players do and, and go from there. So some do get out to parks often and some, 
look at statistics because that's what they have to do, especially if um, they're sitting in British Columbia and they're writing and covering the Cardinals for me. And that's totally cool. And yeah. I trust and I proof everything and and make sure it looks good before it goes on the site anyway. Got it. Got it. So how many times has a, a top 50 list come in and you're as you're touching things up, you're like, no way is this guy in the top five? Did you yeah. shift things around at all? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, and one of the things we do on our top 50s is we have five tiers, tier one through tier mm. five. Yep. Tier ones are the superstars. Usually. The Royals usually don't have any, have, by the way. I noticed that. Yeah, on your... <laughs> usually you're going to have one or two, maybe, you know, some teams don't. And that's totally fine because tier two prospects are really good, yep. are really good prospects. But what I tell my writers is that more likely than not, the more than half of your list should be tier fours and fives and tier five for us is really someone that they might not really ever have a chance of making a 40 man roster or maybe they're 16 years old or 17 and they were just signed uh, as an international free agent and you don't know a lot about them but some more often than not i do find some that get submitted and as i'm going through them well, here's one or two guys that are in tier five, yet they've been on the major league team and they've maybe thrown 12 innings or had 32 at bats. So I have to talk to my correspondent and say, listen, mm -hmm. we, if you want them on the list, we got to bump them up to the end of tier four because they're on the 40 man roster. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that happens. It's not often that I'm saying, well, I think that your number nine should be number four. I, I'm not getting into that with people. Yep. Uh, and I like to be a little different. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know what? The beginning of 2019, this past January, mm -hmm. I ranked Durbin Feltman number seven, I think, in the Red Sox system. Mm -hmm. A relief pitcher out of Texas, drafted last year, was really, really high on him. Um, and he hasn't had a great year, but I, I, I was really excited about him and liked having him in my top 10 and it was a lot higher than other sites had him ranked. Uh, so we were a little, um, I was a little surprised, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at, uh, at the results, but you know, that happens. I think he was down in the, you know, mid low to mid teens in my updated, uh, top 50, but sometimes I'm okay. I'm totally okay with us being, uh, different from the other, you know, big, bigger name websites, if you will. Right. No, absolutely. I think, uh, from, from the sports car perspective, that's what people are looking for, right? What were the, where are the diamonds in the rough? Where are the guys that people aren't talking about where you can go snag their pro first Bowman card for cheaper than exactly. you know, where all the hype is. You know what? Can I give you a, um, let me give you a really quick example of oh, yeah. a prospect that card was really doing well and was a top-ranked prospect, and he hasn't really done well. I think the prices have gone down a little bit, and I'm not as high on him as I was back in January. And, and again, I'm going to shoot back to the Red Sox because I know them the best. And they had a, uh, a kid they signed out of uh, an international signing. Uh, his name is Antoni Flores. Um, I don't actually, I don't know if it's Anthony or Antoni. Mm -hmm. I was, I was just at a Lowell spinners game and I was trying to listen to the PA announcer, how they announced his name. I ranked him eighth. Um, 
at the beginning of the year. Last July, like this time last year, August, he was like 16th in my rankings. Had him at eight uh, beginning of the year. It's some some sites actually had him higher than that. He, I, I like the kid a lot, but he's been batting like seventh, eighth in the Lowell Spinners lineup, hitting under 200. And his first Bowman card was, I think, in Bowman Chrome of 2018. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the regular Bowman set. He was only in Bowman Chrome. And it was only an autograph card. He didn't have a regular non-autograph card. And they were going for like 35, 40 and higher uh, raw, not graded or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just I wanted to have this card because he's one of my top 10 Red Sox prospects. I, I think I ended up getting it for $30, and I was happy with that Yeah. Uh, several months ago. It was probably four or five months ago. And I think now you can get it for like 18 or 20 bucks. Um, and that's just the story I wanted to give. Here's here's a top prospect, re- highly regarded. And what have you done for us lately? Not <laughs> a great season. I don't know that the organization is – if they were really, really high on him, I don't think they'd be having him hit eighth in the low A lineup. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. To the card value, I guess. Yeah. So that, that, that does bring up a good point, though. I mean, as you've kind of – as you've grown in your ability to prospect and – understand these young players what is it that fans typically kind of overlook on the stat sheet um i mean there's obviously the war right there's the the fan graph stuff that we get that we can look at and real quickly sort and find players that are doing stuff then but what is it what is it you've kind of you're isolating more now as you've matured in your ability to evaluate and i'll probably uh i'll be you know straight up and honest with you here I'm more of the old school, you know, look at the stats on the back of the baseball card. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, I'm not a huge fan anymore of um, batting average mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like on-base percentage and, and slugging percentage. I'm a big fan of the OPS stat. Mm-hmm. Um, my, a lot of my writers are into that and know more about it, maybe because they're younger than me and they understand these, these, uh, goal sabermetric statistics and whatnot, right. you know, weighted runs created plus, and, you know, um, you know, ISO and, <laughs> and, uh, FIP for pitchers, which is kind of like an ERA, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I don't know as much of that. So I'm, I'm entrusting my writers to dabble into those more statistical sabermetric things, which some do in their columns and some don't. And I'm totally okay with that. To, to, for me to say one thing that might be overlooked on a statute, and I'm going to be really basic here, is, is um, like number of pitches and, and the ability to throw strikes because, you know, there are so many pitching prospects that come up that can throw a hundred or hundred one or hundred two miles per hour, mm-hmm. but they struggle with their command, and they're not going to make the majors if they can throw a hundred four consistently and not throw strikes. Right. So, you know, I, there are probably some names off the top of my head that I could rattle off. Um, 
you know, one guy I see, I'm very close to Hartford mm-hmm. and I go to a lot of Hartford Yard Goats games. And I love the Yard Goats name, by the way, they, one of the they, greatest mascot names. <laughs> um, and a side note, one of the, the greatest things ever is when they play these what if nights and they, they play as the, um, the, the Hartford steam cheeseburgers or the <laughs> Hartford, uh, river hogs. I mean, those are great nights. So good. Um, so they have a pitcher in the Rockies system is in their top 10 or 15. I think his name is Justin Lawrence and he throws heat and he was killing it. Um, I think last fall had a great spring training and I think he opened the year in, in AAA. Um, and then he couldn't throw strikes anymore and he's back mm. down in Hartford, uh, t- toiling away. Some I've seen some horrible outings and uh, in then other outings, he's been decent, but I just, I think of overlooking on the stat sheet. Uh, you know, a lot of his numbers overall looked pretty good, but mm-hmm. he struggled with his command and has not been able to throw strikes a lot. And, He's not going to succeed like we would all want him to at Coors Field, um, right? If that continues, yeah, I know that that makes total sense. And I, I guess the question then becomes, how do you measure that without watching? And I, the one stat that comes to mind that I think probably is e- the most easily accessible—that's that's strikeouts to walk ratio. That's exactly. not in every box score, right? You can real quickly determine if a guy's able to to throw strikes. Yeah, and just a quick aside uh, on that strikeout-to-walk ratio. My 12-year-old son, we were just looking at our our uh, Yahoo uh, roster from mm-hmm. today from a little fun league that we do, and he says, uh, he said, Dad, Robbie Ray came off the DL and pitched today. I said, yes, I, I know. I'm aware of that. I said, he had a decent game, didn't he? He won. And my son says, well, he won, but he didn't get a quality start. He only went five innings. So then I looked a little deeper into the box score. I said, Josh, you know why he didn't get the win in five innings? He had 103 pitches <laughs> in five innings. And then Josh said, and you know what, Dad? He had four walks and six strikeouts. And that's not a great strikeout-to-walk ratio. Yeah. Uh, and 103 pitches in five innings, you're not going to go more than that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he got a win, you know, and then the team won. That's great. Um, is – and is that win great for a lot of the dynasty leagues now mm-hmm. that his quality starts? Uh, his whip wasn't great today, so that probably gets affected. And, you know, I, I bet it was a great play for 50% of people that are in leagues. And then the other 50%, maybe it wasn't so great, even though he won. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I bet you every baseball card collector that listens to this show has a, at least one Robbie Ray autograph or patch sitting around their collection. <laughs> there was, I think it was like 2017 where he basically was in every product. Uh, so was Henry Owens. Yeah, you're right for Boston. You're right. <laughs> I don't uh, have a Robbie Ray. So if you've got, if you don't, if you've got an extra one and I've got a Henry, week, I'm happy to trade. Wow. Well, that, that's the, that's an even trade. We'll take that all, right. all day. <laughs> All right, can, can you imagine trying to manage 621 active auctions in your own eBay account just for breaks? Uh, I can't imagine doing that. But guys, 702 Breakers, 
literally has 621 auctions available right now in their store for breaks in the next week. Uh, yeah, we've had them on the show before. We've talked a lot about 702 breaks. We've talked a lot about a lot of eBay breakers over our time with our interviews and conversation. But uh, if you haven't had a chance to go check out 702 breakers, give them a shot uh, because first off, they're super good guys. Uh, their story is incredible. Uh, they have phenomenal, phenomenal selection. Uh, again, 621 active breaks on eBay. Feedback's outstanding. And look, they just do things right, and they're an entertaining group to be around. So go check them out, 702 underscore breakers, or go to Google or go to breakerculture.com and type in 702 breakers, and uh, you'll find plenty of opportunities to jump in their breaks. season i'd love to know kind of your thoughts on kind of how things are playing about playing out specifically from the rookie side of things i mean yeah when you projected these guys out i'm guessing some of these guys were on your list a couple years ago even last year right uh, yeah probably most of them yeah. were on your list I, last year i wrote out a few names the people that are pretty much doing what we thought they'd be doing okay um and then i've got a few that kind of surprised me and um you okay. know, the, the, the ones that I thought they would succeed and they're doing well um, are guys like Vlad Jr., um, Bo Bichette. I'm happy that he's up now and, and mm-hmm. doing what he's doing. I love Chris Paddock. I had him like every one of my fantasy teams uh, going into the season. He's come on like a bit of a rough patch in the last month or so. Um, I feel good about him, though, pitching in San Diego. I think he'll he'll turn that around. And I thought I think Zach Gallen on the Marlins, Marlins, he was traded to the Diamondbacks. Um, I think he's been been pretty much what we expected, finally making the majors. And and of course, uh, Jordan Alvarez on the Astros. Hmm. He's just he's just continued to kill it. I'm not going to say that any of them have surprised me. Okay. Um, I'm like, yeah, that's what they should be doing based on what we saw in the minors. Um, anyone else that comes to your mind before I talk about some of my surprises? Well, so one reaction to that, I guess I would, I'd be curious to know if you think Vlad Guerrero is actually doing what you expected because as much hype as he had coming in, he's got a war of 2.1. I would almost argue he's not doing as good as people thought. I mean, his card values have definitely taken a hit, right? Granted, he's 20. He's going to, he's going to get better, but I don't know. I just... I'm not quite as impressed as everybody else. So, yeah, I mean, he he was otherworldly in the minors. Right. And, you know, he's a rookie that hasn't, you know, I'm going to go back to the stat I like. He has an 821 OPS. Mm-hmm. Um, and around 820 or higher is, is good, mm-hmm. I, I, I think. Um, you know, anything over 900 is awesome. Yep. Um, so... He was struggling. He's been coming around. He's getting on base more. He's, he's, you know, 40 walks to 69 strikeouts. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that's that bad for a batter. Um, I mean, obviously, if you, you have some more walks closer to the amount of strikeouts, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, 15 homers. Yep. You know, he was hurt for a little while. Maybe he's surprised me that he's not doing what everyone thought he would do. But Mike Trout didn't his first year. And I remember I hated and he sucked Dustin Pedroia in his rookie year. And then he went on to be an MVP one year. Right. So not that, you know, Dustin is nothing like, you know, the hitters that Trout and Vlad Jr. are. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Vlad is learning and I think he will be even better next year. Yeah, that's fair. I think the one thing that stuck out to me when kind of looking through stats of rookies just a couple of days ago was how well Fernando Tatis Jr. has done in comparison to Vlad Guerrero. It almost reminds me of last year's race between Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. You know, Soto being Guerrero and Tatis being Acuna. I mean, Fernando Tatis has got a 4.2 war. I mean, he's only trailing Pete Alonso. And I, I just, I did not realize how good he was doing in San Diego. He was, it was the runaway rookie of the year choice until he got hurt. I still think he is. Yeah, I mean, and he's the full, complete package on defense, too. Yeah. Uh, Vlad is serviceable at third base. He's not a bad third baseman. Um, a lot of people didn't know that he could play any defense. I was glad that I was able to see him a few times as uh, as uh, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats rolled through Hartford uh, <laughs> in the Eastern League. And, you know, he, he played a, a decent you know, serviceable third base, but Tatis is, you know, one of the best shortstops in the game. Mm-hmm. And then what he's done on the offensive side of the ball, absolutely runaway rookie of the year. Like you said, uh, without the injury, whom I don't know that he'll be able to, to get that. Um, you think and, Alonzo wins it then? I do. I just, yeah. because, of, uh, you know, if he stays healthy for another you know month or so. So yeah, Alonzo is one of the three guys that has surprised me uh, based on the 2019 rookies. Uh, Surprised me because a lot that I saw when I was watching minor league, I didn't see him ever in person, but I watched a lot of his games on MILB TV. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think when uh, he was with the Binghamton Rumble Ponies and he just got promoted (laughs) right before they came uh, into Hartford. He he was one that I personally thought was going to have a little bit too much swing and miss. And I did not see a gr- – I did not see him serviceable at first like I saw Vlad Jr. serviceable in, uh, in the field at third. Um, but <laughs> – I don't think anyone's talking about how bad Alonzo might be on defense because he has what 42 home runs and and he's carrying the team. Right. And he is very surprising to me. I I thought he would be okay, not amazing. And mm-hmm. he's been amazing. The thing with a guy like that though is I mean he's what 25? Almost 25. He's 24 and 3 4 something like that. Um the second he stops hitting home runs, his values are going to plummet in the sports card world. I mean, yep. in New York, the New York market will obviously sustain him for a little bit longer than usual. But he's the type of guy, like, if you're an investor, you got to be so careful because you're essentially buying at his peak unless he does this again next year and the year after. Nothing else behind him. 
Yeah, agreed. And I'm I'm sure you're going to want to get into that a little bit with me and investing in cards and my thoughts on some, <laughs> some of all that. And I'm I've been very uh, open in my opinions on Twitter a lot of times with with rants uh, that I have. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I understand where you're coming from with with value, uh, like taking an immediate hit if he stops hitting home runs. Sure. Sure. Well, who are your other two Outsp- surprises outspoken. then? Outspoken is the word I was looking for. Well, there. we will definitely get into that. But let's let's cover your uh, your two other surprise rookies then. I'm curious. Well, um, you know, on the Red Sox uh, side of things, as a fan here, I did not know that um, Michael Chavis would be able to do what he did. Mm. Uh, the uh, the guy was killing it the first couple months of the year, mm-hmm. uh, or as soon as he got called up. I'm yeah. sorry, not the first couple months. First couple months after he got called up, um, and then he started to struggle a little bit, and he's hurt now. He's on the injured list. Mm-hmm. Um, people were talking about him as rookie of the year before Vlad started to hit, before Alvarez was even called up. Yep, uh, I'm not joking. He, uh, not just Red Sox fans, um, people that are baseball fans yeah. were saying That's... he's he's the real deal, and he yep. was playing a little bit of first, a little bit of third. Um, I did not know with the, the suspension that he had last year, mm-hmm. you know, you have those questions, how much of this potential is real? Uh, you know, it, was it, you know, was it PEDs or something that he didn't know? There were question marks. Mm-hmm. So just to see what he's done makes him one of my surprise three. And you know, hmm. he can certainly improve a lot, and I hope he comes back healthy. You know, for next year, I don't know if he's gonna be back this year, um, but he was one of my three. And then mm-hmm. the other guy, I mean, he's just amazing, and I don't know that anyone saw it. And you know, you could guess who it is. This guy that has like more home runs quicker than anyone else, um, Aquino on the Reds. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It, I mean, he's a beast. And he's, I mean, I guess, is it like Alonzo? If he just stops hitting home runs, is our cards going to plummet in value? Mm -hmm. So um, that's something I wanted to actually ask you about and bring up where I had two baseball cards. I'm not really a seller. I'm a collector. And Mm -hmm. and I I buy a lot and I plan on saving a lot and passing them on to my boys and all my old sets from the 70s and 80s on. um, You know, at some point they're going to be passed on or – until I open up green sports cards in my retirement years and I can actually have them on display and maybe sell some. Mm -hmm. But, um, um, I just, I'm thinking about it, you know, after he starts hitting his home runs recently, I'm like, what do, do I have his card? Do I, I think I might have his autograph. Mm -hmm. So I went down and I pulled open my, uh, 2014 Bowman, set and I'm, I'm looking through it and I had bought maybe a couple, uh, hobby boxes and the first, it's funny, the first, uh, refractor auto I come across is, uh, Abiatel Avellino. I'm like, oh, it's the wrong guy. AA. I thought it was <laughs> Kino. Um, and it was a nice refractor autograph uh-huh. the card right behind it, uh, was a Kino. It's his first Bowman Chrome autograph. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a refractor. It wasn't a parallel numbered or anything, mm-hmm. but it's his first one. And so, of course, I looked on eBay and so people were, I was hearing people were selling for like $250, $300. Mm-hmm. And, and then, 
he might have struggled for a couple games, so it started to drop in price. And so, and then I saw. Um, so I'm thinking, should I sell this card? I'm not really a seller, but if there's any time, I'm not a Reds fan. Damn, maybe this will get into the hands of someone who really wants it. Hmm. Why not? Maybe I can sell it and buy a couple hobby boxes from what I make. Mm-hmm. And um, it yeah. had sold. Mm-hmm. It had sold for like ninety-five or hundred dollars for to like four or five different people on eBay that day that I looked about uh, a week and a half or so ago. Mm-hmm. And there's this other app and site I dabble with. It's called Mercari. And I sometimes people put cards up there for a little crazier prices, and okay. I put it up for I put it up for two ten, and then they have this feature where you can promote it, and it takes five percent off, huh. um, but it gets to more people. So it took the price down to one ninety nine, and I got an offer from some guy for one sixty. So we went back and forth, and actually we settled on one seventy. I got one seventy for the card. Wow. And if I had put it on eBay, I might have gotten a hundred. Hmm. And uh, so, so that's a card that I sold recently. Yep. Going back to the original question, he's one of my surprises this year. I never would have thought, you know, four or five years in the minors, that Aristide Sakino was going to come up and do what he's done for the Reds, mm-hmm. uh, like he's doing now. I mean, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. He's a perennial All Star right right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see how he finishes the year and if he even breaks with the team next year. Yeah, my my reaction to Aquino is his age scares the heck out of me. I just I was no way I would buy his his 2014 Bowman Chrome. Was that his 2014 Bowman Chrome, right? It was. Yes. Yeah. There's no way I would buy it. With I mean, you're buying at his peak for a 25 and a half year old who Absolutely. who didn't really do that well in the minors. Right, I mean, he had a, he had a good year this year, and even last year he he hit pretty well. I think he had twenty homers or eighteen homers last year. But I mean, in rookie ball and single A ball, he was just okay. So it's like, what happened? You like, know what? I mean, nine. I thought it was actually. I said four or five years. Nine minor league seasons. Yeah. Two forty eight career batting average. Yeah. And, you know, one hundred twenty four home runs over nine years. Um. Hmm. And now he's got, I mean, what does he have? 14 or so in the majors in right. three weeks? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many games has he played? He's uh, 22 games. Yeah. 83 plate appearances. Man. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, there, there's a great baseball card for for us to talk about. You know, what? who are the people that want to hold on to the card? Mm-hmm. Who are the people that want to buy this card right now? And, hey, if someone wants to give me $170 – Sure. Heck yeah. For a card that was worth a dollar three weeks ago? Right, right. Now, right. I want to bring up one other card, but I don't know if you want to get into that or talk about some other things first. One other comment on that is I, sure. I do think, I mean, age is something I think is definitely underrated when it comes to collecting in baseball. I guess in any sport, but really in baseball. Football, you can get away with a little bit older cards, older players, but baseball age is so important for investing. And I hate using the word investing because it's not really investing, you know prospecting the other thing that worries me with a, with a Kikino is he plays for the reds <laughs> like for his values to 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 get much higher than they are now he's gonna need to get traded he's got to go to a better team he's got to go to a big market yeah right i mean that's just the reality yeah that's with a lot of a glass lot of ceiling players yeah 
But anyway, who was your other player? So I know that you were also interested in hearing about some pl- prospects that I'm excited about, like for next year and to continue watching. Yeah. Um, there's this kid in the Red Sox system. He's on Lowell. He was in the New York Penn League All-Star game, international free agent signed a couple years ago, Gilberto Jimenez. He's okay. so exciting. Um, keep your eye out for him. I love Jaron Duran um, waiting for his you know first Bowman Chrome card. I, I can't wait till that comes out. Um, <laughs> side story is I did get the – uh, the direct 360 Gary V set from the national okay. um, convention. I was not there, but uh, I figured, gee, it's only tw- tops was selling them online on their site for $20. Mm-hmm. So like, let, let me, let me grab um, uh, one of those sets. Uh, Jaron Duran has a card in that set. Like he used one of these prospects that Gary likes. So he put a card in the set. Huh. Uh, so I actually got a single one of those Jaron Duran cards for a few dollars um, on eBay. And this was before I knew I was going to actually purchase the set. Um, so so I got the set, and it's really cool. It's awesome. If, if anyone doesn't have a, a, a copy of it and you can get it for like 20 or 25 bucks, definitely grab it. There's some amazing cards in there. Um, so I had this extra Jaron Duran card, mm-hmm. and uh, just last week Portland was in Hartford, and it was my first, not my first chance to see Duran play because I did see him play in Lowell last year, shortly after he was drafted. And I'm not one to go, and I'm not a grapher, if you know what graphers are. Um, these people that bring their binders and they have the cards in these little corner. Mm-hmm. holding things on papers and they they have to you know who's that guy who's that guy and they don't know any of the players until someone says oh that's that's jerry downs oh hey jerry can you come over and sign i mean it really is annoying to me and then they're just going to go and try to sell the cards anyway huh. i had one card in my hand i waited for 20 minutes and and jaron duran came over and he was signing a couple and people were having him sign their ticket stubs or the program or because no one had these jaron duran cards couple had maybe from a minor league set Mm -hmm. so i finally he came over to where i was i said hey you know great to meet you you know i'm excited about about your future could you sign this for me please and he did it was really cool so i have this one in-person autograph card that i would never sell i mean it's all about the experience to me totally and my favorite prospects so i have this 2019 gary v bowman direct 360 card Signed by Jaron Duran, and, and that's a keeper for me. Um, uh, and, awesome. and of course, the, the other two names that I wanted to throw out that I'm really excited about is uh, Giants Marco Luciano and, <laughs> and the Rays Wander Franco. So, uh, okay. So those, awesome. those are two that, all right. Um, so I bought one Bowman, 2019 Bowman jumbo box. Actually, I bought three. And two of them were for group breaks that I did. Mm-hmm. And the other one was for me, like a personal box. And in the personal box, my three autographs were a Nationals Telmito Augustine. And say that five times fast. Yeah. I mean, so that might be a <laughs> four or $5 card right now. Yep. Uh, but the other two were pretty cool and I was pretty happy. One was a Bowman Chrome, uh, Victor, Victor Mesa, his mm-hmm. first auto. And the other one was a Marco Luciano refractor autograph. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, I was pretty 
cool. I mean, if I sold the Mesa and the Luciano, it would get me close to what I paid for the box back. Um, I haven't sold either. I've had some offers, um, so, but, I've, but, I've held, but I've held on to them. So like a guy like Luciano, but yeah, those are great polls, by the way. Um, the Luciano, like what do you like about a guy like Luciano? I mean, because there's a ton of hype around him. Like he's top three guy in the product right now. Yeah. I mean. I mean, he's, he's so, I mean, he's got, you know, what do they say? Five tool. He's, yep. he's, he's fast. He's got great contact skills. He's got power. Uh, his debut in the States in the uh, is it the Arizona Rookie League? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just just killing it. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, he may have been promoted. Um, I think he's still in A ball. Is the, he? Yeah, uh, as of a couple weeks ago, I don't know. Because um, he's he's in the Giants system, right? He's a shortstop for the Giants. He's in the Singular. Giants. System. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? He 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 was promoted. So he went from the Arizona Rookie League, and now he's with the, the Singular team, Volcanoes. Yep. In, in the Northwest League, uh, low A, uh, short season, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, and I guess he's, he's not hitting that well in nine games um, after promotion. Just absolutely killed it in, in the rookie league. So you can't always just look at rookie league stats. But, yeah, he's exciting. And you know what? If I mean, I mean for the next month or so, or actually I don't know how many, he doesn't have a month left of games. Um, I, we'll see what he does the rest of the year and into spring training and – who knows? I mean, his card values could drop a little bit, uh, but he is one of the hottest right now. Um, so I've I've held on to his card, and mm-hmm. and I think I will. The other guy in the giant system that springs pretty high is Joey Bart. Are you a yes. big fan of Joey Bart? I I you know what? I'm just going to be totally honest. I, I'm I'm not because I've never seen him play. Okay. I haven't caught any of his games on TV. I. I would never be able to see any of his games live because I'm not out anywhere near where he's played. Mm-hmm. I know he's he's in the top top twenty or thirty overall prospects in in baseball. Yeah. Um, I just don't know personally a lot about Bart, so I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna move on and say you know, hopefully I'll know more about him next year. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, how about this? I defer to my Giants writer. There you go. There you go. I like it. Uh, Can I talk a little bit about Wander Franco? I do want to hear your thoughts on Wander Franco because, I mean, you can't do you can't do much more in the hobby than Wander Franco's already done. So I'd be curious to know what what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, he is the hobby this year, right? Yep. I mean, for for From prospects. prospects. Yep. Um, I I have not seen him live. I'm really excited to if if he uh, gets anywhere near me in the Northeast. Um, when I saw, you know, I, I went to a Charlotte uh, Stone Crabs game last year um, in Florida, but he was still in rookie ball at the time. Um, he's jumped a couple levels this year. Uh, although, I, you know what? I, I take that back. I got to see him play in the Futures game in Cleveland. So that was really cool. Oh, nice. Uh, and you know what? A quick aside story. I, I was in Cleveland for All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. I had two hours um, on a Friday afternoon when I got in before I had to uh, meet Jake Berry and we were going out to see the um, Mahoning Valley Scrappers play on Friday night. So before he picked me up at my hotel, I had two hours. I said, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to be able to get over there before I have to leave. I want to go over to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it was about a a 15-minute walk from where I was staying. Went in, and as I walked into the lobby, 
there was a little crowd of people and I hadn't even gone over to the ticket booth to, mm-hmm. to my admission yet. And I look over and I, I recognize one of the guys because I had just seen him a few hours earlier when I got off the plane and I was in the airport terminal. It was Royce Lewis, the twins. Yeah. So, and he was signing autographs for people in the terminal. So that was cool. So in this little crowd of people at the hall of fame, it was Royce Lewis. And I'm like, those have to be some other players with them. And you know what? They have to be some other top prospects. And as I looked over, Jonathan Mayo from MLB Mm -hmm. uh, Network and MLB.com, he was there organizing their little tour group. And I know Jonathan. I'd met him a couple times, and he did our Futures Focus Prospects 1500 podcast with me, uh, which is a side note. People can check. It's available on all uh, podcast platforms. I will Uh, will put that in the show notes. Yeah. Yes. um, And – Finally, I recognized who these other players were. It was Nolan Jones from the Indians. It was Joe Dell from the Angels. Hmm. And it was Wander Franco from the Rays uh, with Royce Lewis. The four of them were getting this private tour, which was so cool. Um, I went over to Jonathan Mayo. I I did a quick hi. How you doing? And then 30 seconds later, he comes back to me and he says, Scott, did you know they were here? And I said, I had absolutely no idea. I just came over because I wanted to go through the Hall of Fame and my two hours free. Uh, he said, oh, that's good to know because we were kind of trying to keep this on the hush. You know, not really. We didn't promote it or anything. I'm, uh-huh. like, I'm not stalking you guys. I promise. <laughs> it's just really cool to see you brought them here. That's cool. And if um, you were, you're just doing your job. Exactly. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> the website. Yeah. I, I did oh, snap man. a few pictures. That's awesome. That's so, cool stuff. Uh, so I did get up close uh, to uh, Franco during batting practice before the Futures game uh, in the dugout. He was being interviewed by mm-hmm. um, ESPN Deportes. You know, I was I was actually standing right there next to him, snapped a couple photos. And he did, he actually didn't do as well in game uh, as we, w- we would have hoped for. But but from all accounts, he's the real deal. He's he's going to be awesome to see hopefully in double a next year mm-hmm. um not even 20 years old he's um, not even 19 he's still 18 yeah yeah so i mean i i hope they don't rush him i don't think they will um you know and, and i wanted to get into this with you uh, you know what what do i look for in prospects mm-hmm. you know to succeed uh and, and for me that's at the high a level and at double a but just just to go back to franco just for a, a minute here I got to take a deep breath on this one. Because, <laughs> calm down, calm down. It, it's still, I, I still shake a little bit, and, and I don't know if you saw, you know, my history on Twitter or whatnot, and, and with cards. Uh, so I was lucky to find some boxes of the Bowman Mega Boxes at Target back in May, right when they came out, and and I I, I got a bunch, and I was, and if I sold any of them, I'm going to be honest with you, I sold them for. $20 plus shipping, which is what they cost me. People sell them for $35, $40, $50, and, it, and I hate it. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I was outspoken about. Some of my friends in the hobby who couldn't find any, I said, no problem. I'll send you a couple. I got you covered. And that's – so I, I bought you know 16 or whatever. I opened up – I think I opened 10 of them. Mm-hmm. And in the last box that I opened – I got this Wander Franco image variation autograph numbered to 25 
The only thing that sucked was it was a sticker auto. Hmm. But otherwise, it was a chrome mega refractor numbered auto of the top prospect in baseball. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and as I said before, when we were talking about Aquino, I don't usually sell a lot of my cards. Hmm. There was no way this card value would ever be higher, ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was not on eBay. Nobody had posted it. The product, I got it like a week before anyone was expecting it to even be out. People had just started putting cards up for sale mm-hmm. for this product. Some people were just finding them in stores. So would you sell it? Would I think that the majority of people at that time would probably want to. And I had never had anything that was going to sell for what it would sell for. I didn't even really know what it would sell for because there were no comps. So I asked a few people you know, mm-hmm. what to what to do if I was going to sell it, you know, when to post it, take an offer, buy it now or make whatever. And this was my first like real test in the hobby of baseball card collecting and having a really really cool card and what do I do? And, and if I sell it, you know, is this going to be a good thing? Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of the image variations, the same card that yep. were posted, but they weren't autographs. And they were li- being listed for like 300, 500. So I'm, I, I'm thinking maybe this is a thousand dollar card. I don't know. So I guess, should I just tell you what happened? Yeah. I mean, my, my reaction to that would have been, if I'm the first and it's the absolute best player, best card I could get, yeah. I'm 100% listing it because you're going to get such a good premium on it. Yeah. Are you uh, sending it in to be graded? Um, I know enough about grading now to, to at least look at the card to see if it's going to get a good grade, but that I would make a, a quick decision on that for sure. I, w- I would send it in to get graded. Yeah. I never. This is another thing that I go off and rant about, <laughs> the whole grading thing. <laughs> And I have probably eight or nine graded cards from that I've purchased okay. in my collection. And many of them are from years ago mm-hmm. because I just – I got a 1984 Roger Clemens Flair update uh, XRC that I never had because I only got the top set that year. Mm-hmm. And Clemens was one of my favorite players. And I bought the card at a decent amount. It was like $100 way back when, and that was a good deal. Um, and it came, it was graded and I have an, a Yaz rookie card that's, that's graded. Um, then my Ken Griffey 89 upper deck rookie is a graded card, but it's like, it's like a seven or an eight and I don't care cause it's, it's the card. Um, so what's your rant then? What's your stance on my grading? My rant is that I, I hate grading. I never send cards out to be graded ever. Okay. Um, why don't you I like just, grading? I'm, I'm curious. I this is, I, I don't want to send my cards in the mail to someone else and I have a chance that I might never see it again. That's just that's I'm I'm scared. I'm 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 a loser, I guess. But um, <laughs> I, I just uh, maybe I would do it if it was in person or I like got a show that I went to or um, I don't know. I, huh. I just and why do people grade cards because they want to increase their value? I think they do maybe more so to increase value than protection. I'm sure of that because there are oh, so many sure. ways to protect cards. Mm-hmm. So to send it in to pay money, to pay more money 
to get cards graded because maybe your $50 card will be worth 150 mm-hmm. But I can go, that's my soapbox. Um, to be honest, I just don't send them in, and I wasn't going to send that Franco card anywhere because I wanted to get it online as quick as I could. That makes sense. From from that card's perspective, that makes sense. I would I would say it's 2019, Scott. It's okay to send cards in. You can put tracking on it. <laughs> You're gonna be okay. All right. But well, I well maybe I'll try it in the future. Yeah. All right. I'll keep my mind open. That's a that's a whole different discussion. I we could go down a whole long path on that one for sure. We could, especially right. with PSA and all that junk going on right now. It's just kind of a mess. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I get the, the hesitancy. I get it. So I so so I got some good advice, and people told me that it's great to have an auction end on a Sunday night. A lot of people are home. Uh-huh. Um, if they've gone away anywhere for a weekend, they're home. They're you know they're they're online. They're on their tablets. They're on their phones. Sure. Um, and I got the card on a Wednesday, so I. I had it all ready to go, and I posted it on Thursday night for a three-day auction Mm -hmm. starting at $0.99. And that was it. And I was just going to let the chips fall where they they may. Mm -hmm. And uh, $1,700 later, I was a happy guy. Beautiful. I mean, you know what? It was crazy. You know, it it made some quick jumps at the end. I didn't know what it was going to do. People – we were out at a Hartford Yard Goats game that Friday night. And, and I was showing a couple of the guys and like, oh, that's awesome. You know, let's see what where it goes. And, you know, it was like it was at it was like at nine hundred dollars on Saturday night. And I, was, <laughs> I would be happy. I was totally happy because uh, I never sold anything for that much. And it just it just went up in the last, of course, like the last, I think, minute mm-hmm. where you know, probably people had those sniping apps. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's of a course, great feeling. You know, of course, after the eBay 10% and the listing fee and um, whatever, I was I was still pretty happy and it and it's you know helped me uh, cover some of my hobby purchases over the last few months. I'm sure your wife was was not arguing about that transaction. She wasn't. You know, she wasn't. <laughs> you know, she'll, she'll ask me what's this $400 in at Walmart that you're buying. Um, you know, and I said, that's, that's for all these boxes that I got for a group break. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm so excited. You got that, that card sold. It's like, what have I done for you lately? <laughs> um, yes. Wives and hobbies. Another, uh, another great topic for the day. Um, but, but I feel like I'm one of the good guys in the hobby. So I should be able to, to, to tout that that was one great collecting success. That yeah, I no, that's awesome. That's really cool. No, I think that's uh, that's the way it should work, right? It should be, uh, especially in retail boxes where you walk into a Walmart and get a mega box and pull that out. That right. That's like the dream scenario for tops. <laughs> you know, like that's you. They just they just hooked in a, a collector who was kind of in and now is really really in. Exactly. Um, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about prospects fifteen hundred kind of going forward. Sure. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned something earlier about early stages, I guess even a year or two ago, your, 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 uh, social media accounts at, I guess, Twitter, 15, 2000, now you're at five, 6,000, whatever it is. What, what have you kind of attributed to your growth back then? And kind of, what are you hoping to do a little bit differently to continue growing what you're doing now? So big one question. thing that I'm a real big proponent of is, is having good content. Mm-hmm 
regular content, um, staying active and tying in my love of the hobby. And I'll be honest with you. I've given away a lot of my baseball cards for prospect 1500 giveaways. And that's helped us grow some followers and, you know, get a lot of retweets. And, you know, I did a, um, um, 40 for 40, uh, like a last year. Mm-hmm. It was like 40 years. Yeah, it was in 2018. It was my 40th year collecting. <laughs> so I, my dad bought me my first baseball cards in 1978. Uh, huh. So it's 40 years collecting and I did 40 giveaways, which was really cool. It like went on for over a month. I like that. And, um, you know, just different, you know, obviously not cards from my personal collection and I wasn't I wasn't going to break any sets or anything, but cool cards where they were relics or, you know, even autographs or, or, uh, parallel numbered cards that, uh, heck, you know, uh, 50, hundred people would retweet and then I, you know, draw a winner and send them out the card. So, I mean, it actually did cost me stuff because I don't just drop a card in an envelope and throw, slap a 50 cent stamp on it. I'll put it in a little bubble mailer and, and pay the $3 and, 50 cents at the time um mm-hmm. to send it in first class with tracking and uh so it cost me a little bit of money but you know it was all in building the brand and and i've you know it's marketing 101 i've had a lot of different careers i'm a sales guy in in media right now but i've been in marketing i still am I'm marketing my products that i sell mm-hmm. and um, you know, to to help build our following, um, I wanted to give a little bit and put some of my my own uh, blood, sweat, and tears into it. Sure. So so moving forward, it's continuing to build the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we do so much, so much of our website traffic will come from Twitter because we put the most out on Twitter. Okay. Um, I'm not. We have platforms on Facebook and on Instagram as well, but I'm not as active on those as I wish I could be. Uh, that will hopefully come. We just started a podcast. We've done like seven or eight episodes. My my co-host, Jake Berry, is actually recording one this afternoon that I couldn't be a part of. Um, so that'll be dropping soon. He talked to our Cincinnati Reds correspondent, uh, Rudy Verstrait. Uh, so I'm excited to listen to that. We're going to grow our podcast uh, and go in different directions with that. Um, but how how we can continue to be successful is to have dedicated contributors, people that are are uh, excited about what they do. Mm-hmm. And you know what I ask of all my writers? I ask them to give me one article per month. That's it. You know, it's not like a huge commitment. And I don't say I need 5,000 words. I mean, anything like 500 to 1,000 words mm-hmm. is a sweet spot. It can be read in like two or three minutes, and boom. People's attention spans in this day and age are not wide-ranging. Yeah. If you look at time spent on website, it's usually between one and two minutes. They look, they scroll, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, our top 50 lists, they probably looked, you know, they're long columns. We put a lot of time into them. 
and then I look and see that, well, the average time on this web page is one minute and 34 <laughs> Right. You're like, dang it, Someone, they sold the top three. So, yeah, they looked at it, scrolled through, boom, done. Yeah, um, right. But uh, with I've got 40-plus writers, and if everyone's giving me an article a month, then not everyone does, and it's totally cool because it's like we're a big family, and life is first. Totally understand that. Mm-hmm. We cover each other. Um, someone tells me they got to take a hiatus for a few months. Someone else fills in. Um, really cool about that. But having having that base of a, a dedicated staff right now, we can usually average an article a day. And if we're putting up an article a day, mm-hmm. then there's always new stuff. And the and every time we put out an article, there's a tweet with the link to the article, and you know, we might get one or two new followers a day. And that's, we don't, we don't get followers in huge increments. We get a few here and there, a little couple each day. And that, that's cool. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just something I want to grow. I just want to grow. I don't know where it's going to go, hmm. uh, but we're just having fun doing it. And I, I try to balance my time with my family and my real life job during the day and my card collecting hobby <laughs> and my prospects 1500 it's like one of my you know side hobby projects right now absolutely uh so two thoughts one if you want to get more followers all you gotta do is just go take a selfie with gary v right that's that's the trick in the hobby now you just gotta go really? find him at the, i'm totally kidding with you <laughs> i i uh i got a kick out of being at the, the were you at the national by the way I was not, and I okay. never have been, and I I don't know that I can ever go because it's usually like two weeks after All Star Weekend. And, no, and that's true. I have, and For I you. have to go to that each year now because we have our our big weekend that we do with Prospects fifteen hundred yep. agenda and events. But maybe one of these days. Yeah. Well, this year obviously Gary Vee was the hit, right? And there was a lot of great right. things he was doing, but right. it, the the line of people acting like they cared what he said, but more so interested in getting a selfie for you know their social media accounts yeah. was, was pretty yeah. hilarious, but <laughs> that's funny. But anyway, so my, my question would be, um, what have you noticed as you put out content? Cause this is always the struggle with people in the hobby that do stuff like, um, you know, either run a group breaking site or run a content site and hobby SEO, you know, Google picking up your articles. Um, what have you noticed that has worked for you guys because um, obviously you're getting more traffic. Things are working out a little bit better and working in your favor. Mm-hmm. Is it the consistency that you feel like is kind of influencing your SEO and allowing you to pop up more in search results or is it? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And I know about this through my uh, through my real life job because not yeah. only do I sell you know newspaper and magazine uh, advertising, uh, but I've sold digital uh websites and SEO and, and mm-hmm. email marketing, uh, um, in addition. So search engine optimization, SEO, um, is, is that organic, uh, search results. I'm doing a little explanation here for some sure. people who do not know. Um, if you go to any search engine, whether it's Google or Bing or whatever it might be, um, and if you type in, you know, and, and try this out. Type in Milwaukee Brewers prospects. Um, we're coming up on the first page, and I'm not saying we're going to be listed first, um, but when you're coming up on the first page, that's big. 
And how does that happen? It doesn't happen overnight. You have to put in the effort and have some back back end of the website mm-hmm. tools and whatnot and some know-how uh, to do that. And, and there are all different ways to do it. But for each article that I click publish, before I click that button, we have some keywords that are entered into a field. Um, you know, it might be Milwaukee Brewers midseason top 50 prospects. And so if someone's searching Milwaukee Brewers or they're searching top 50 prospects, having those keywords entered into that field, that will help. Um, I ask all of my writers to list every player's name in a section that's called tags. And any article you see on our site, at the bottom of the article, there's just going to be a list of tags. Mm -hmm. And it'll be all the players' names. It'll be like MILB. It'll be prospects. It might be um, top 50 prospects. It might be Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, if it's a Dodgers prospect, high A article. Um, So entering in all those player names in the tag sections, that also helps. And, And then we have a tool that helps us determine if the sentences are written well, if there's, you know, the certain a, a, a minimum number of words that's the, the perfect for the length of the article. And so these things help us where like a year ago, you might have to type in 2019 Milwaukee Brewers top prospects for us to show up on the first or second page. Mm-hmm. And as we built up our site and and also adding content to a website, just Google likes that. Mm-hmm. And it, as long as you're adding new material regularly, your SEO results will improve. And now we honestly, if you type in Milwaukee prospects or Brewers prospects, we're probably going to come up now where we might have had to type in more in the search before. Hmm. So the last thing I want to say about that is search engine optimization is for the majority of people that don't know your website. They are just searching for something they want to find. They want to find Brewers prospects. They Mm -hmm. want to find dynasty league uh, rankings and that's what SEO helps when uh, these results come up. Hmm. When someone knows our website, then you can just go up to the top of the your browser and type in prospects1500.com, and you're going to come to the site. Yep. Most people might not even do that anymore because it'll be bookmarked on their phone, hmm. or or they'll just you know what they'll just click the link um, on the, on the tweet that has the link to the article. Um, but uh, that to no, try and answer your question that that's what SEO is all about. And it's definitely something mm. I and my partner, Brian focus on before we publish anything. And I don't think a mm. lot of other, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that some of the other minor league baseball related websites do as much of that as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that that's really good advice by the way. And I know there's a lot of folks in the industry that use, you know, the, the WordPress platform, which I think your site's built on too. And there's, yes. I mean, there's some really good plugins like Yoast SEO and all that stuff that makes this makes life really easy. If you just want to take the time 
to consistently put keywords and um, all that stuff in there that you just, it, it takes two minutes. That is the plugin that we use, Yoast. Yoast, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep. So yeah, there you go. That it, it sounds complicated for those people in the industry. And this always comes up, especially for folks that are, you know, starting a group breaking site or starting something, you know, a retail site, you got to take the time to do that type of stuff because Google doesn't allow you to cheat, right? There's no cheat codes. So absolutely. I'm just doing a quick test here as we're talking and I just typed in Tampa Bay Rays prospects. Um, and all came up was Wander Franco, right? Yeah, well, you know what? The very first listing is MLB Pipeline. So that's Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. MLB Pipeline, it's their 2019 prospect watch, and there's uh, it must be their raise page. And then, um, and then right below that, there are three boxes that are top stories. Uh, and in the first box, it says it's Tampa Bay Rays, 2019 midseason top 50 prospects from prospects 1500 one day ago and we're listed there right before two of the articles from tampa bay's uh like sb nation site d rays bay and and then you these organic results these are not ads or anything that's awesome coming up from the seo right below those boxes uh there's another mlb uh, it's the Rays 2019 top 30. That's from MLB. And right below that, there are two Prospects 1500 results. <laughs> um, one of them is the midseason from one day ago that I just published. And the one right below it is from January. And it's our 2019 top 50 from the preseason. And I, I that's awesome for us. I just typed in Tampa Bay Rays prospects. That is and incredible. We're right there on the first page three times. Oh, I didn't even know. Props to Thank you. Great work. That's awesome. That is cool. Um, awesome. We're we've been talking for an hour and fifteen minutes. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Wow. I gotta go look at some cards. Yeah, you do. Well, man, I uh, I always close with a little something called rapid fire, some random questions for you. But before I do that, yes. why don't you remind people where they can find you? And then uh, you got some podcasts to talk about. And then uh, I think Tyson's going to be writing an article or two for you. So I'm excited yeah, about really that. Yeah, really excited. Uh, Tyson uh, Banker is going yeah. to uh, join join our Prospects 1500 team. Not not you know in a huge huge role, but a very important one because we're going to bring some uh, baseball card prospecting content to our site, uh, similar to what he's dropped on uh, BreakerCulture.com recently. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, so a little bit of different content. We're not going to try to duplicate things, but we'll certainly share them back and forth, which which I I would love to do. Um, Thank you for for mentioning that. Yeah, uh, people can follow us uh, prospects fifteen hundred dot com. It's it's that easy. Uh, definitely check out our website. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at prospects fifteen hundred. Um, and uh, myself, I'm at Scotty S C O T T Y underscore ball game uh, at Scotty <laughs> underscore ball game on Twitter. Uh, you're not only going to see baseball stuff on my feed, though, because I'm a huge pro wrestling fan and I'm a big <laughs> Bruce Springsteen fan and I do stuff about Western Mass where I live. So it's kind of all encompassing. Um, and, and you and go on rants with sports cards. I get a lot of rants. And you know what? <laughs> I know people. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. People are fickle because I'll get five followers and then three will drop off the next day. Um, <laughs> 
but that's just the way it is. Um, and, and I'm totally cool with that. Um, and that's, that's really the best way to follow us. Uh, cool. Our site is free. The content is free. Um, we're kind of thinking about, you know, some plans in the future to, to maybe put together some, what do you think of this idea? Well, like we put together our, our entire preseason top 50 lists for every team. And then we make it available in like a downloadable uh, spreadsheet or even like an ebook. Uh, we're, we're toying with the idea of doing something like that. I think it's a great idea. I mean, yeah, so you, you got to figure out how it distra- distracts from website traffic. But yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's really those are cool. the best ways to, to follow us and to follow me. And I appreciate it all. Yeah, we'll put all that in the show notes for, for folks. Just click in the description. You can you can find Prospects 1500. All right. So a few questions for you. And I think the most impressive thing in our conversation, Scott, has been your ability to consistently name the mascots of all these minor league teams. It's really impressive because some of these are so obscure. You're just ratting them off like it's nothing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I try. Like, like the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. And, so good. And, so and the, good. Uh, yeah, the, the, of course, the Hartford Yard Goats and um, the Richmond Flying Squirrels is one of my favorite. But uh, yeah. I hope you don't have any of these in the rapid fire because, of course, I'm going to freeze and not know the name. Well, here you go. Here's my first question. What's your favorite minor league mascot name? Um... I like the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> so is it a, is it a good looking logo too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. And, oh man! Uh, and another really cool logo is is the Montgomery Biscuits. That's where Wander Franco's playing right now. Um, actually, is no, is that Double A? He's in Bowling Green right now. The BG Hot Rods. Um, but the the Montgomery Biscuits is a, is a really cool logo. But I don't really know what it is. Okay. You don't you mean like you can't tell what it is in the actual logo, but you know what the yeah. Bisc- yeah, that's I, funny. I don't know. Salem Kaiser Volcanoes too, that's cool. Wow. Awesome. All right, cool. Uh who's been your biggest miss on your prospect your annual prospect charts? Uh, Which guy did you you absolutely just whiff on? I didn't think Eloy Jimenez was going to be great. Do you think he's great? I think he is very good and will be great. Hmm. Um, I just, I, I, he was like number ranked, you know, two, three, yep. top five everywhere, like going into the season. And I thought he was like a top 25 prospect myself. Um, and I guess he's been performing like a top 25 prospect and not the overall top one or two. Uh, but I think he's going to be really, really good. I hmm. think I missed the boat a little bit on him. That's just one name that, Pops okay. into my mind. That's fair. All right. What's your uh, what's your favorite stadium food? I have to be just totally biased and a homer here, um, and I'm not going to say Boston Fenway Franks. I haven't been to a Red Sox game this year. It's like the first time in many years. I usually have like six or seven games a year, and I had this year also, but I sold them all. I enjoy going to minor league games more. Hmm. I do have one game left in September – for the Red Sox that I'm probably going to go to because it'll be my only time this year. But my favorite uh, ballpark and ballpark food right now is 25 minutes south of me. It's Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford where the uh, Yard Goats play. They're the double-A affiliate of the Rockies. And there's a, um, a Hartford-based 
a barbecue restaurant called Beer's Smokehouse, uh, B-E-A-R-S, mm-hmm. Beer's Smokehouse Barbecue. Yep. And they have a stand in left field at the park, and they have this thing called the uh, the the bear attack. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why attack. Maybe because of an uh, oncoming heart attack. Um, <laughs> but it's it's um, it's uh, pulled pork or brisket uh, put on top of their amazing mac and cheese oh my gosh which is on top of some cornbread crumbs and you you uh mix that with a uh a local hartford city steam uh naughty nurse uh brew and i'm in heaven and then you head right to the bathroom yeah you know when i when i get home uh, how you doing honey i'll be out in a few minutes <laughs> awesome. That's 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 a great food. But that that's my favorite ballpark food right now. Okay. Although I do remember being at a Padres game a few years back and they had some amazing food and drink out there at Petco. Nice. Okay. And great scenery. You must have great ballpark. barbecue at the Kansas City games. Oh gosh, please. It's the best. Yeah. Best in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Um favorite sports movie? The Rookie. Oh, is that Quaid? Yes. Oh, nice. I cry every time. <laughs> nice. I just, I mean, most people are going to say, oh, the best baseball movie is Bull Durham. Or, sure. I love Field of Dreams, too. Yeah. The Rookie is is my film. I, I just love it. I need to watch that again. I'm glad you brought that up. Just love it. And the kid who was in Two and a Half Men, he's... Mm. Quaid's son in that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's all, and it's a real story. Yeah. Based on a real story. You're right. You're right. That makes it all the better. Jimmy Morris. Yeah. Okay. Uh, World Series. Who's going to make it this year? Two teams. Astros and Dodgers. Oh, who's going to win? I don't think that anyone can beat the Houston rotation right now. Yeah. With Cole and Verlander and Granky and whoever they throw in game four, I just don't think they're beatable. Yep. And their hitting is, is great too. Mm. Um, and you know, I'll look forward to seeing if my Red Sox can do anything next year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I I think it'll be exciting. Um, maybe even more so in the national league for the wild card. Um, American league is almost kind of done. There aren't that many, uh, teams that are still really in the thick of the race. Right. Um, I think it's going to be an amazing wild card race in the NL. But I think let's see, let's see what happens. And if my Dodgers Astros prediction you know comes true, I think that'll be a great World Series. You just don't want to say the Yankees because you're a Boston fan. I get it. Uh, I'm not going to admit to that. But, but I you're think not going to deny it. I think that the Astros will beat the Yankees. Fair enough. I just. Okay. Last question. You got ten thousand dollars to spend on two prospects. Which two guys are you going? Factoring in current cost, inflation, all that good stuff. Well, one of them would be Wander Franco. Okay. I, I don't. I don't have a Wander Franco autograph. I sold my one. I, I would buy, you know, his first Bowman Chrome. You know, as inexpensive as I could, maybe like. Um, 
you know, uh, for five or six hundred dollars, a really good one, um, and then a few others, and then uh, second guy, um, you know, I I I think I'd go for. Um, I think Andrew Vaughn. Really? He is going to be the top uh, pick in a lot of uh, Dynasty League first-year player drafts that are happening in the near future. Uh, White Sox, first-round pick. Number three pick, right? Yeah, I think he was number three. And yeah. um, definitely check out uh, its uh, hashtag uh, too early MILB mock. Uh, a lot of my uh, prospects, fifteen hundred writers, and I, we do this giant mock of of all um, uh, prospects, and uh, not necessarily first year, but in first year player drafts, I think that Vaughn will be going over guys like uh, Rushman and um, Bobby Witt, Witt and mm. Riley Green. These are the top four picks. Uh, a quick side note, I got to see Rushman and Riley Green about three weeks ago in Norwich, Connecticut. So to see the overall number one and number four picks playing, that was amazing. Mm. Uh, got some really good up-close pictures. That that was so cool. But I think Vaughn might surprise people. So I, you know, his first cards will probably be coming out in the 2019 Bowman draft, yep. I think. Um, we hope. I hope. Yep. Um Although, he, you know, he might be in some USA Panini products already. I think he is. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, as I'm assuming you and most of the hobby knows, that Bowman Chrome, that first Bowman Chrome card is the one that you want to have mm -hmm. of player. And I think I would probably throw, uh, if I had that 10,000, maybe six or seven towards Franco and and three or four towards Vaughn. Love it. No, it's funny because here in Kansas City, we, I mean, especially me as a prospector and just lo loving the minor league system for the Royals. Well, <laughs> loving the idea of a good minor league system. Everyone was was on the fence between Bobby Witt and Andrew Vaughn because Witt went two and yep. Vaughn was the best college hitter for California. And yep. he was going to make the quicker impact in our system. And uh, yeah, we went with Bobby Witt. I, and I, I think Witt's going to be awesome. Yeah. And it was kind of just uh, – it's weird. I, I almost said Rushman and I said Vaughn and Witt was going to be like third or fourth. <laughs> but uh, that could change. You know, Who knows? Yeah. Check out our Royals Top 50 Prospects on Prospects 1500. I did. I did. Go. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I didn't look at the midseason one. So if you updated it, then I, I have not looked at that. I looked at your – Yeah, yeah. That was uh, – updated probably a couple weeks ago so cool. check i will check it out right on well good stuff I, man seriously have a great weekend what's left of it and thank you so much for giving me 90 minutes of your time My i goodness. really appreciate you having me on ty it's been a pleasure uh anytime you want to talk baseball cards or prospects and you know what I, i'd even love to be able to contribute to uh to something that you guys do in your site at some point so just let me know awesome that sounds good we'll figure it out all right, there you have it, episode 66. Thank you so much for listening. Please go to iTunes, leave a review for Break Your Culture Weekly. Love to know your thoughts. And as always, go to breakyourculture.com. Tons of great articles. 
tons of fun stuff we put out there. Tyson Banker, a new writer for us, has been doing some really good stuff. And uh, yeah, I think you can continue liking what we got going. So appreciate you listening. Have a great week. See ya.